You're listening to The Whole Church Podcast. Our efforts to educate and unite the church are made possible thanks to our sponsors on Patreon. Please consider joining them for $3 a month at patreon.com forward slash The Whole Church Podcast. 2 Timothy 1, 3-7 in the New American Standard Bible reads, I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelled in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. A lot of us only hear that last part of this this section, thinking about it in context where Paul is greeting Timothy and remembering those who came before him. Robin, what do you believe St. Paul is modeling for us here in this greeting? Well... Besides making me cry, Joshua, <laughs> it's a passage that just really touches the heart. Uh, Paul is pastoral, and uh, he's being a pastoral leader here to Timothy in a way that uh, just really pushes all the buttons, I think, in large part by uh, his leadership, uh, which again is reflected in the passage, being a model, uh, and then the mentors that uh, he identifies. And in one sense, this is like a soft, uh, uh, underhand softball that you're throwing to me <laughs> because it's this is my book that I've, that I've talked about with respect to the next generation. And this is Timothy, the next generation, Paul talking to him in large part about the power that can be found in the, the Holy Spirit that relates us and unites us to God and to Christ and to wisdom and to power and, and here we go into then to the church and to the mission uh, from generation to generation. Hey everybody, welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. I am the lesser host. I am one of your co-hosts, uh, Joshua Knoll. I'm really only functioning here to build up, to do the drum roll, to build tensity for the one and only. I know everybody loves this announcement. TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell, welcome back. Thank you. What is tensity? Did I not say intensity? No. That's fine. And we're also joined by a very special guest, uh, Robin Jennings. Um, he is an author. He is a minister. He is a, a lot of things when I was looking <laughs> into it. Um, and a good friend of Eric Nevins. Uh, you know, he's been on the show a few times for those who've listened for a while. Uh Robin, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great being here. Thank you, Joshua. And, oh, and JT. And JT. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, remember, you can rate us on Apple Podcast or Spotify or Anchor or, you know, there's like a million places you can rate a podcast. And uh, we'd appreciate it if you went to all of them. Left a little review. I like the scathing ones, particularly. <laughs> so I prefer the higher ones, specifically because it helps more people see the podcast. But hey, if the podcast sucks, maybe rate it really low so people don't hear it, how bad we are. But if you enjoy it, please do a five star. Um, and today we are going to be talking uh, with Robin um, about one of his newer books um, that has to do with generational bridges. I, I don't want to say harm. It's more about how to bridge the gap between generations. Um, 
the title of his book is A Letter to the Church in the Next Generation. So we're going to talk some about that. We're going to talk about his testimony and why he thinks it relates well to the Gen Z coming up. Um, TJ, are you technically Gen Z? Uh, it depends who you ask. I've, <laughs> every time I look it up, I get different answers. So okay, I'm right there. This podcast on the so border that uh, Robin can speak directly to TJ and enlighten him. Um, <laughs> but hey, guys, before before we jump into the meat of all this and have the deep discussions, uh, we like to practice my favorite form of unity. Um, and that's silliness, because, you know, it's just impossible to really be divided when you're being this darn silly. Uh, so today's we're going to start off and uh, Robin, don't worry, we're going to answer first. Give you time to think about it. Uh, TJ, this one is honestly a little bit more basic than some of my other ones. But if vegetables were bad for you, which ones do you think you'd still be tempted to eat? Corn and potatoes. Those don't count. Yes, they do. They're both vegetables. Yeah, I guess. Kind of a lame answer, though, TJ. It's the right answer. Does mac and cheese count? <laughs> no. <laughs> mac and cheese is a vegetable, right? <laughs> um, Because I disagree with TJ. I don't think our starches should count. I think you should just have to not be able to use starches for this. Hey, maybe if starches weren't vegetables, they wouldn't count. Yeah, you know, leave me alone. Um... I, I honestly think I'd still eat green beans. Like, green beans would still be tempting. If they had, like, some steak seasoning on them and they were really tender. I love green beans. Um, Robin, if vegetables were bad for you, which ones do you think you would still be tempted to eat? Well, JT, or excuse me, Joshua, that was you. I'm thinking of JT. Uh, believe it or not, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> all of them. Are you oh, still man. there? Are you still there? All of them. So they and all there's, a, there's a reason behind this, and I won't go into great detail. It's not that I'm concerned about my footprint and all for the next generation, but I, I, I can talk about all this change that has taken place in my life. But listening to JT talk about starches, think sweet potato, JT. Have mm -hmm. you ever thought about a sweet potato? Not only all do you time. bake it, yeah, break it open, put black beans in there, you know, you can put all kinds of vegetables within the sweet potato. And before you know it, you've built a castle of just a wonderful dinner. Onions, mushrooms. You want me to continue? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm, I'm actually, I'm not a huge vegetable eater. Oh. But that, that is primarily because I just don't like, like, a couple specific things that end up being in every dish, like onions or tomatoes. Oh. I'm not a fan of either. And they tend to be in almost every vegetarian dish for some reason. I'd love to see your good. garden. I'd love to see your garden, Joshua. It's just peppers. <laughs> it's just <laughs> peppers and mint. Lots of peppers. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I would grow spinach and stuff, too, if I, if I had the ability. Right. But I don't know. I'm not a huge vegetable guy either. I'm like 5'7". But uh, on to the real show. Uh, one thing we've found is really helpful with church unity is to hear one another's story. Uh, would you mind sharing your testimony with us and our listeners? So now we're, you don't want to hear about me being a vegetarian. We're going at, at a level well, if, you know, a bit deeper. Okay. If it's part of your testimony, you can, yeah, you <laughs> it's can not, talk about whatever you want, really. No, it's not. It's, it's, here's where I'm going with this, though. You just is, have to give us uh, a recipe. No, it has to do with my body. <laughs> but then there's your soul. And let's not forget the mind and the heart and all of that that goes with it. And this is, again, 
with respect to testimony is is you know the word um, integrity means to integrate and i think so much a part of my testimony if you will has been um not falling apart <laughs> you don't want to hear that but not just being a 52 card pickup you know i mean not with pieces all over but trying to find some balance and finding a sense of uh, coordination uh, with the spirit uh, i'm a big believer obviously as you all are in the, the holy spirit who for me relates and unites me to the will of god and that's a loaded sentence or, or t phrase right there but but if you start to unpack it in order to be related and united to the will of god uh, it takes <laughs> uh, a great deal of again um, discernment awareness being attentive to the spirit but not going it alone and that's where i get ragged i i like to think sometimes i'm great on my own um, and then i start you know twitching and you know kicking the dog and doing those kinds of things and i realize i need to get out and talk to people and be with people and then people can start to get under my skin you know so here again being able to try okay. to develop these relationships not only with yourself um but with other people and then obviously ultimately with with god who is in relationship with the holy spirit and jesus you know so it's uh by the way joshua um i follow a lectionary and uh i'm a little traditional pentecost is coming this sunday <laughs> next sunday and that's why I'm, I'm so fired up for the holy spirit the following sunday is trinity sunday so you know you start to package all this in a way that uh it, it really now does make sense to me how's that for a testimony jt uh that's awesome you also uh it's really fun coincidence a large portion of our uh, audience are from pentecostal churches because you know, tj and i grew up <laughs> pentecostal and also a large portion are from different churches with the name holy trinity because we have a lot of guests who pastor churches named Holy Trinity. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. It's just a, one of those weirdly common, you know, like non sequiturs for a church. Sure. Sure. That's a good title. Holy Trinity. Yeah. Can't go wrong there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we saw on your profile that you believe your testimony strongly speaks to Gen Z. How do you think that is? Oh, um, that's written out like that. I mean, that is in my testimony. <laughs> Because it does, but I didn't know uh, where you got that quote. I, I and here, Someone's here's one. Okay, where where I'm going with this, JT, is um, it's a loaded a loaded question, and there's again, it's sort of um, like my testimony. Um, I'm uh, older. I'm over seventy now, guys. You still there? Is your audience still nah. there? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me though catch my breath for a second and say there's some wisdom caught up in that in those years um but also some experiences and when i think of that bridge that you were referring to jt and i and again i didn't know that was was written out like that that question was coming that way but but where i'm going with this is doing the word you know james <laughs> that's the letter when I when the title of the book says a letter to the church, it's not my letter. It's not Dear Church by Robin Jenny. You know, it's James, his letter to the church. That's a powerful letter. That's a whole nother story that yeah, I hope we'll be able to talk about. But boy, that just that fires me up. With that said, um, James, again, is 
um, wired, if you will, for his witness uh, by the development that his life uh, and his experience and his wisdom received by being a follower of Jesus, a brother of Jesus. And, and again, all of that we can talk further about. Back to Robin, and where I'm going with this is when I was first ordained, and again, I, I don't want your listeners to turn the radio off or the, the podcast off, but I was ordained as an Episcopal priest. So that put me right into a denomination that I knew very little about. And, you know, it was, I mean, I, I grew up in it, but at the same time, all the ins and outs of it, and the ups and downs and the zigs and zags and, you know, when to bow and when to kneel and all that kind of stuff. I was just starting to find out. But long story short, when I began, I was placed in a, a big old Gothic downtown cathedral in Memphis. And there I kneeled at the foot of this big old altar, marble altar, beautiful. Um, and on it were the words in Latin, Alleluia Hosanna, that stands for praise the Lord. Those were the last words of Mother Constance. Now, you probably don't know who Mother Constance is, but I'll tell you, because I didn't know who she was. And I started to ask, what does all this mean? <laughs> you know, well, I got a, a load of a, a full load of a story uh, that witnessed to me to this day to writing that book. And, and here's where I'm going with this. Mother Constance was uh, part of an Anglican order of nuns. That doesn't mean none of the above. <laughs> they were really of a divine order. <laughs> and they came from New York to Memphis to care for the orphans, uh, the poor, the, the, the women who were without husbands, uh, who had all died from the Civil War. I'm going back now to 1870. Are you still with me, you guys? Oh, this yeah. is history. This is history. Okay. They're ministering to these people during the epidemic of the yellow fever. Um, they cared for these people. They nursed them. They fed them. They buried them. They did everything they could to support them during this awful time in Memphis, the yellow fever, grizzly disease. Fast forward, <laughs> COVID. <laughs> Here we are. If that generation can speak to this generation, I thought, here we go. We've got to start talking, you know. And the way in which they did it was praising the Lord and doing the word. That's the bridge, Joshua. Hmm. Fair enough? Fair oh, enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, that's pretty solid. And Isn't it? I, I, just, just to go back to where you're talking about James, I love James, just the person. Huh. Um, what's a really fun study for people who, who just want to geek out on history and stuff. Yeah. Look up. James the Generous outside of the Bible. Just look at the other architecture and different things that talk about him from outside of what you're used to reading in the Bible. It is amazing how much stuff is there and how highly he's spoken of. Uh -huh. It's actually just crazy stuff to look at. Um, that being said, <laughs> may I just interrupt for one second? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Here's where I'm going with that, Joshua. There is a, a whole level of scholarship that looks at James, not only mm -hmm. as the Bishop of Jerusalem, but in, and this gets into conflict with Peter and you want to talk about unity. I know, <laughs> but are you saved by faith or saved by works and all that kind of stuff? These guys were both working together. However, James 
went east and really began to form what would be considered now the Greek Orthodox Church. Uh, Paul, I, I said Peter, I meant Paul. Paul went west and, of course, to Rome, and there began uh, you know, the Western Church. I mean, it's just a fascinating study of where the two churches went. Didn't split, but went at that time. The split, of course, came later, and that's not necessarily what you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, we um, we've actually we talked about that before with a Orthodox priest, uh, Father Jonathan's been on a few different times. Um, oh, I'm going to leave the link in the show notes for people who want to learn more about how the split did happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is fun when you're reading through the Bible to hear James and Peter kind of uh, not Peter, James. Paul. Now I'm doing it. James and yeah. Paul kind of checking up on each other. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Paul's missionary yeah. somewhere, and uh, yeah. there's a scripture that's like, and then James sent a couple people to check up on what he's teaching, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. hmm. Hmm, Y'all were kind of, okay. (laughs) Anyway, so moving past that, uh, definitely recommend everybody do some research on that. Look up everything about James in and outside of the biblical text. It's just fascinating study. But uh, last year you published a book. We've mentioned a few times already, a letter to the church in the next generation. You already told us the letter was James. Yes. Um, What else can you tell us about the book and what inspired you to write that? Well, as I say, kneeling at that altar just I, I realized again uh, it was in my heart I mean it, it was one of those like the, the Jeremiah and the, it was the law was being written on my heart I mean I, I, I thought I got to do something so this next generation um, really does want to do the word restoration is a big word I think for the next generation mm-hmm. and certainly James is writing to the next generation so that's that it, it again, it all began to fit for me uh, as if I were doing a puzzle um, with different parts. And in the book is I followed the story of James throughout the book. And so, I'm, yes, I'm with you in those latter years where he Paul encounters James several different times in those those meetings. Oh, if you could be a fly on the wall, you know, would be so uh, incredible. Um, and with that said, too, um, here again, I'm going off on what scholars are, it's more on a hypothesis, but it, Jesus on the cross says, here's my mother, here's my brother, you know, this is my family. And, but it wasn't James, it was John, the beloved disciple. <laughs> but John takes Mary to this possibly a house church, it wasn't, you know, a big temple, but the house church in Jerusalem, James had to be there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here we go, James and John and Mary, and you think about this early church, but the church doesn't stop there. You know, it continues on. And this is what I want to say to this next generation, or at least the bridge, I think, is you are the power of the spirit is working through this next generation. That's our job is to help them discern and identify and and claim it. Um, But that's the job of a mentor, which is, again, a big aspect of my book. Right. I um on our other podcast, uh, Systematic Ecology, we recently did an episode of like if you could time travel anywhere, where would it be? And I think that probably would be one of my answers would be um when James goes to Jerusalem. Mm. I mean James, when Paul goes to Jerusalem yeah. to see James. Yes. And he shaves his head bald and all that. Like I just I would love to be there. Like you said fly on the one. I'm like, I would just like to hear some of the conversations that happened yeah. during that small little scene that I don't know, it doesn't get talked about a lot. Um 
But, you know, when you're talking about James and speaking to this next generation, I also find it interesting when you look at the politics surrounding what happened with James and some of the Jewish revolt in Rome that happened there. Yes. It definitely seems like it relates. I I completely see what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So hunger, the disease, all that that was a part of that, like the poverty, the different levels of wealth. I mean, the religious strata. I mean, you just go on and on (laughs) as you start to peel that onion apart. But but the fact is. Christianity took off. Explain that one. Oh, yeah. Okay. God is good. Yeah, God is good. So is the Holy Spirit, you know, who captured (laughs) their attention uh, through the power of the resurrection. And James was a witness. I mean, I I, I told you, JT, I'd start preaching, but, you know, (laughs) you guys are pushing my button. but But it's a wonderful, wonderful model. I think for for us in ways that uh, you know I just again not only want to write about but it, it's something that I, I I want to engage this next generation in a, a reflection on it. So, what uh, main point from your book is you think we can take away to build bridges instead of barriers with the new generation? Sure, I would. I guess the writing of James uh, is. Uh, so, uh, and I hesitate just to use the word powerful because it, it is powerful, but it, it is, it again, engaging. And um, uh, I, I don't know if you all are familiar um, with uh, Lectio Divina, the divine word. This is a, an Ignatian discipline, but where you just take one word and meditate on it, reflect on it, in, 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 uh, digest it, <laughs> you know, uh, incorporate it into who you are. For instance, the word like endurance, uh, that sounds like a great word, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, who wants to endure? How are you yeah. doing, Robin? Well, I'm enduring. You know, well, that doesn't sound. Did you know love endures all things? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you start work. I mean, I know you did, but I, <laughs> but where I'm going with this is is these words of James are so well written. And I think against, um, back to you, JT scholars, uh, and, and in the past, uh, um, um, leaders of the church often only looked at Paul and James got kind of set aside in so many respects. Mm-hmm. Look at Luther who said it's nothing but straw, you know, because it didn't seem to have much of a Christology to it. But I contend, not just I, but, you know, again, in, in my reflection and research on this, is um, when when looking at James, all I see is uh, verses from Jesus and the Beatitude just runs throughout James. I mean, I, I, I think there were some 50-some verses, and James is only five chapters, and here you find like 50 verses that are almost a direct quotes of, of what Jesus was saying. So you know he's walked alongside Jesus. I mean, eyewitness. Um, this, here we are. I mean, how, how good do you want to get? Also, and last thing I'll say about scholars, but uh, scholarship does start to now place James back in the 40s, um, mm-hmm. where it would be one of the earliest letters in Scripture, if not the earliest. So it, it's got to have a big bang for its buck. You know, when you start to read it, you say, whoa, this is the real thing. Yeah, I um, you know, just it's interesting 
just with what we're talking about, and I'm thinking about what this generation talks about, what it wants to see is a church that does something, a church that cares. Yes. And then you look at yeah. the book of James and you have um, verses yeah. like, uh, I don't know the references, but you know, where he says, "Go ahead." <laughs> um, true religion is this, that you care for the widows and yeah. the orphans. Yeah. Or yeah. where he says, uh, okay, you show me your faith without works. I'll show you my faith by my works. And yeah. it's like this, this is what this generation is looking for the church to be. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yes, the book is definitely for this generation, but it's also one of those the church needs to hear this letter if they want a prayer of reaching this generation. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I think that's Thank where you. your message really rings true and rare. I really love what you have to say here. So. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you. And by the way, I hope you hear a little passion in my voice, but at the same time, I'm really <laughs> oh, backing yeah. it down. I'm backing and I'm, I'm trying not to start yelling, but, you know, and slamming the desk. But but it, it really <laughs> is, um, you know, something which, by the way, uh, this is, again, a gift to this next generation. I, I use a lot of Barna research. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Barna. Oh, and, we love uh, Barna. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. We've had Barna on the show. Cool. Well, <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> Where I'm reflecting on what Barna's done is, is so often they will identify what's going on in this generation and in this particular culture, if you will. They're burnt out. Uh, is there True. research? Are you saying? Are you serious? Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I, at that age, I hadn't even lit a match. <laughs> you know, and these guys are burnt <laughs> out. Um, yeah. That's scary. Um, and then, then you follow it with the drugs and the suicide and all that negative stuff. That just is, is, is you know, so so difficult. Um, and by the way, I do work with as well a, a, a pastoral care counseling center that that is faith based. And and boy, we see some stuff that just mm. is is tough. With that oh, said, yeah. back to you. I think in terms of James and this next generation, a little heart, a little compassion, a little fire in the belly. It's going to go a long way. Oh, yeah. So where can people go to find a letter to the church in the next generation and your other works? Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, in fact, the first book, if you will, was if I may just not give a play, but the first book was uh, on Peter. Uh, and it has to do with vision and casting a vision for your life. And uh, that that's in and of itself is a, a, a great story. Well, Peter is a great story, as you know. That's where I sometimes get a mix up, especially when I go, the second book is Paul. So I start talking about Peter and Paul, and then I want to talk about Mary, you know, but that's a <laughs> folk group. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. That's my humor, Joshua. You probably don't even know Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> Peter, Paul, I don't know how Mary feet fall into it. <laughs> Pardon? The music group. Oh, no, no. See? See? I'm just thinking Peter and Paul both end up in Rome. Mary doesn't yeah, right. know. Okay. So here we are. Back Mary's to... ghost was above okay. Rome. That's how she ties up. Thank you, JT. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> back to Paul. Back to Paul. So I talk about the renewal of the mind. And there, again, is something for this next generation that uh, I hope will be of interest, not only having a vision for your life, but then this understanding of renewal of a mind. And, and, and here again... Um, so many will think, well, wait a minute, my mind is just, I'm just now learning or my mind is great. The renewal aspect of it has to do again with the spiritual renewal that's taking place in your life. And um, this is the thing that, um, you know, I find not troubling, but, and I, I don't mean to get political here, but, but, you know, this, um, I can't help but mention the, the massacres, you know, that are, have taken place. Yeah. Um 
you know, not just in Texas, but New York. And God, you start going through all this stuff and you're going, what is going on? I hear so much now about mental health, mental health, you know, the importance. And it is important. Don't get me wrong. Don't hear this in the wrong way. Uh, as I say, I'm on a, a board for a counseling center. But let's, when do, are we going to talk about spiritual health and uh, the need for spiritual health? And this is where I think Paul is just right on the money. You know, so that, yeah. by the way, that's book number two. Book number three, of course, is again, a letter to the church uh, in the next generation. And all these are, uh, one is a spiritual growth according to uh, Peter, one spiritual growth according to Paul, and the third one is spiritual growth according to James. So these can all be found on Amazon, of course. Yeah. Um, I do have, uh, for your listeners only, a landing page. Oh, yeah. It's uh, www.robint as in Tom Jennings, J-E-N-N-I-N-G-S.com. And then there's a slash guided reflection. And if they push that button, they get a free 40-day uh, download for a journal that, again, identifies and helps them reflect on the importance of a vision and renewal and a witness uh, by being mentors in their life. How about that? Awesome. 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 Yeah, All for fun. you. Yeah. And that's... um. Not to open a whole new can of worms, but Go ahead. it does tie right back to what you started this with. You know, it's not just mental health. It's also spiritual health and even, you know, your body's health. Um, yeah. You know, when I think yeah. about, yeah, that, that's one thing. A lot of people, like, well, this generation has so many new problems. I'm like, well, we started introducing so many new things into our body right before this happened. I mean, yeah. what, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I will just leave that bomb there and uh, let people do with it what they will. <laughs> Um, one thing we always like to ask our guest near the end of the show, um, we like to ask for just a single tangible action, something practical that our listeners can go out and do right now that would help maintain unity in the church. Um, we're talking about generations. So let's say, uh, what's something practical that someone listening today could do to help build bridges between generations? Um, I think, again, I'll just, I'll just quote, James here that we lack nothing. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> we lack nothing. We, as a Christian body, as a Christian, as a church, lack in nothing. Now, who believes that? Joshua? <laughs> JT? Hopefully still church. with me. <laughs> you know, but go back to the 23rd Psalm. Um, I shall not want. You know, we lack nothing. However, our culture, and, and I'm not throwing stones here, is materialistic. That means we want to be material, have material, more material. Uh, I've got to, I'm not, don't have enough material. Uh, I'm a billionaire, but I still need more, you know. Okay? Capitalist. I need more capital. <laughs> um, you know, and so now you're on a quest for capital. And so what happened to that um spiritual aspect and that understanding of lacking in nothing. By the way, back to Barna, they've done polls as, as has Gallup and I think Pew and several others on the, and I don't want to call it happiness, but the, the culture uh, in terms of are you happier now than you were then or, you know, these kinds of polls that are being taken. Oh my gosh, we're off the charts. People are not happy. Um, now, what does that mean? I, I can't even get into that and break that <laughs> yeah. apart, except that when we talk about lacking in nothing, 
there's a, a sense of not only satisfaction and appreciation, but gratitude. Okay, so where does the gratitude extend itself to? It's, is it because of what's in your bank account? Or what is the commercial what's in your wallet? <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, it's obviously it's something that we give thanks to God who, you know, uh, has, has showered us with gifts from above. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's very telling when you look at even some of the more uh, secular writings and stuff on the current generation and how people are feeling today. I know um, one yeah. thing I, I've been keeping up on uh, recently, which I might have to drop the article down below. I can't remember who wrote it. But it's um, there's a study going out about. I'm trying to word this carefully. Uh, you know how, right now, our generation, our culture, uh, prioritizes consent over everything. Uh -huh. Two people consent, then you know it should be good, and everyone should be yeah. happy. And it yeah. turns out that that's just not the case. We're finding yeah. people are actually less happy the more we make everything okay. Yeah. So it seems there needs to be some kind of standard, and it's very telling that when you take the standard away, people miss a standard. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that's for naught. And um, that's something I guess I think James sort of gets at. Maybe not as directly, but uh, I do think he talks about the need for action, the need for standards, and um, very yeah, much so. very uh, impactful word for today's generation. You I know, think. and I of course preach on ethics and morals and all this kind of stuff, and and, and I don't mean to um, you know dilute this as as much as again to recognize that is being sort of lost, that body of, of morality. I mean, the, we're talking about the Bible now, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's been set aside. Um, back to, to Barna, it talks about, again, um, and, and, you, and I mentioned this earlier on when I was talking about Mother Constance, the nuns, you know, none of the above. I'm, are you Christian, Jewish, Buddhist, Muslim, Islam? None of the above. Okay. Then, what does that mean? Because there's no power greater than themselves. You see, I mean, you so you've seen this in recovery. You know, the first step is to turn your life over to that power that's greater than yourself. Um, if if there's none of the above, I'm the power. I'm it. You know, and it's a self-centered. And I'm not just throwing stones at this next generation. Is to say, here's here's where again. The concern is is coming in to me now. Back to politics, you look at um, Ukraine and Russia, um, communism mm -hmm. circles none of the above. <laughs> you know, they 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 don't. It's it's not about God, uh, their life, and so this is dangerous stuff that I think our world is playing with right now in terms of. And, now I'm not meaning to get dark, but you can go go down that side. But I'm trying to bring some light into the world, and and I think this is where James uh, really witnesses it for me. Yeah, yeah. I um, I'm I'm gonna end this here. I the thing about nuns is they also don't want to be considered atheist, and that's what's interesting is yeah. they're trying to just avoid the question. Yeah. And when you're looking at these parts of history that repeat themselves, yeah. And what got us there. I don't think you can just avoid the question. I don't think it's one generation that's being nuns either. Like, I think it's a thing no. that's crept up in our culture. Yes. And it's something that a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of history might help us address. So 
I do appreciate what you say here. Uh, I appreciate you. the work in your book and how that's helping us address that issue. Thank you. And um, I think TJ has something has something for us now. Yeah, uh, two things, sort of, and then a few more. <laughs> but uh, practical action, everybody join your nearest Robin Jennings book club. I think that'll help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my input. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, also, uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary are the people who wrote Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> that's, really? Yeah. But <laughs> Come on, Joshua. <laughs> uh, one thing we like to do uh, before the outro, you know, last thing in the the, the real show, I guess, is uh, yeah. our God moment segment. And usually pastors, preachers, everything in between, uh, they do really well on this. Uh, we just <laughs> take a moment to share what all God's been up to with us recently uh, by sharing a blessing or a challenge, a moment of worship, Anything along those lines. Uh, I always like to make Josh go first. Gives yeah. everybody else the time to think. Yeah. Yeah. So naturally, uh, I'm going to try to make mine as quick as possible, but it's hard because this moment is like a, a culmination of a bunch of moments that just kind of came together at once for me. Um, and it just, it just a huge blessing. Um, for those who know me, this will make more sense than for those who don't know me. But uh, I went on a run with my dog because it was like 97 out and I love the heat. And I was like, this will be great. So I have my little beagle and I are just running. It's the longest I've ran in years, which for those who remember, running is kind of a big deal for me that I can even do that. So <laughs> I'm excited that I'm doing that. It's 97 out. I'm enjoying the heat. Um, I have my headphones in and a song about the Florida sun comes on. And I'm like, yeah, the mm. Florida sun. And then a train comes by and I hear a train whistle. So all these things are happening all at once. And it's like just ticking off all of my make Josh happy boxes. Okay. <laughs> and um, I don't know, just, just kind of I took a moment there to realize sometimes uh, I just get blessings upon blessings and I don't deserve any of it. So, yeah, the world doesn't deserve trains. I don't deserve the Florida sun. But here we are. <laughs> right. A gift. A gift. For me, uh, it's not a gift. The uh, Carolina hurricane season is over. Uh, we lost in round two. So I'm going through it a little right now. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, pray for all of them. They're going a lot of places uh, in you know, all sports league. The NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs are happening right now, and I don't think enough people uh, pray for their health. You know, pro mm -hmm. athletes – uh, get a lot of time to worry about, you know, the game, uh, and a lot of them eschew their bodily health. Mm. So, yeah. I, you know, I just want to pray for those guys. I feel like it's an underprayed for uh, demographic. Yeah. So, Robin, do you have a, a God moment for us you you'd like to share? Yeah, I would say there's, again, there's so much uh, that life is so full. I mean that the Jesus's understanding of of a, an abundant life is so part of my life now, and it's not because <laughs> the proverbial hourglass is turned over and the sand is pouring out <laughs> and it's moving faster and faster and I'm getting older and older, but but I am running uh, is not as fast as I can, but still running the race, and um, I have a you know a. a as a preacher, I always have sayings, and one is, you know, before you can uh, do the work of God, God needs to work in you. And, and I've really experienced God at work 
uh, in my life. Again, I keep talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, but that's been so important because when I talk and write about the spiritual life, I want to say, duh, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot of spirits out there, but let's talk about the Holy One and uh, what that means to us and get some focus there, which again, I think uh, baffles a lot of people and certainly in our denomination as well. But with that said, uh, spiritual health, as I've I've touched on, is uh, uh, really a, a priority of mine now. And I'm I'm more and more convinced of this now being a grandfather several times mm -hmm. over. And I don't know if that's a paradigm shift or what to call it. Um, it's not, it is a God moment, but it's a God movement <laughs> that has taken place when you become gramps, <laughs> right. papa, <Yeah>. old man, <laughs> you know, and I'm looking at these kids, you know, who are you calling, you know, and then they can outrace me and run, you know, but it's, it's one of these things where it's a delight, it's a blessing, but it is also a challenge to think mm -hmm. what kind of world we've handed to them and given them. And uh, um, I can't protect or save them and that kind of thing, but I can sure lead them to the savior. And uh, as my kids are, are very faithful as well, my my children, but, but our children, but nonetheless, that's a lengthy response to what you're saying, but I, but I bring it all around this, this understanding of spiritual health that is now generational. So if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or an enemy. <laughs> it's always your choice. Share it with a cousin. You know, we love our cousins, most of us. <laughs> I think I think TJ started to like pause before he says or a cousin just to have me anticipate whether or not he's going to remember this time. But he always remembers. I'm just like, oh, is he is he, is he going to forget? But he does it. He does it. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, do me a favor. Please remember to check out uh, Robin Jenny's book, A Letter to the Church in the Next Generation, as well as his other books over on Amazon.com um, or wherever you get your books. And you could also, if you want to hear more of me and TJ speaking and you want to hear us talk about like geeky stuff like Marvel movies and Star Wars and that kind of stuff and relate that back to our faith, you can listen to our other podcast, Systematic Geekology at systematicgeekology.org. And um you can just hit host. You can find both of our names and all the episodes we're on. And it's a pretty good time, I think. Yeah, usually. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can rate this podcast uh, while you're looking around for that one. Uh, bad ones, good ones. We take them all. Um, that's not true. We don't take three star reviews. <laughs> Commit. Yeah. Come on. One or five. No in between. We know, we know you don't feel like a solid three on anything. And thank you for listening to the Whole Church Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, we will be interviewing uh, Chad M. Monsbridge, author of You Can Handle the Truth and pastor of Bayside Church in Southern Australia. Uh, after that, we will be having another church roundtable discussion uh, on church hurt with Pastor Will Rose, Father Jonathan Resmini, Brandon Knight, and Joe Day. At the end of season one, uh, of course, Francis Chan will be on the show. Yeah, he doesn't know that, though, so if you, if you let him know, listeners, uh, we'd appreciate that. Right. Whichever one of you is the closest to Francis Chan, tell him we're waiting for him. Yeah, yeah. just let him know. Oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, nothing harmful. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to the Whole Church Podcast. Be sure to tune in again next week, where we'll interview more guests about 
how we can possibly maintain unity in the church in such a divisive age. And remember, you can sponsor our show at patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast. Thank you.